0: What is up, guys? Liam Herbst here. In this episode, I'm chatting with a good buddy of mine, Garrett McFadden. Garrett and I played together for my last year in the OHL, my overage year with the Guelph Storm. Garrett actually played his entire five-year career with Guelph, where he was the captain for his final two seasons. He was originally a first-round pick to Guelph as well. Throughout Garrett's career, he played in the team OHL or Canada Russia series for team OHL on two separate occasions he attended the Philadelphia Flyers camp twice he also won an OHL championship and went to the Memorial Cup his 16 year old year with the Guelph Storm but one of the things that Fads is most recognized by is the fact that he won the humanitarian of the year for the OHL for his contribution to the league and his contribution to mental health and sport and in hockey through creating the McFadden's Movement Initiative. We're going to chat all about what the McFadden's, uh, MM27 McFadden's Movement Initiative is, as well as Garrett's career, and, and just have a discussion about some of the things that we learned throughout our career and our advice for younger hockey players and, and ultimately just really hockey players of any age. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Garrett, how are you doing, buddy? Good. Good. It's uh obviously it's great to check in with you and, and hear from you. Yeah, man, you as well. I'm happy that we could get to be on here and connect after um your end of your OHL career as it was for, for mine last season playing in Guelph. Like for everybody listening, it'd just be really awesome to give a little bit of a background of, of who you are and where you came from, where you're where you're at now. Yeah. Um uh so basically I, you know.
1: I played in the OHL for the last five years, uh, all with the Gulf storm, which was obviously a pretty cool experience. Um, I grew up playing hockey, um, from King So, uh, you know, pretty, pretty small town, uh, hockey played for, uh, six years there. And then, uh, I moved, made the transition to AAA and played three years, AAA with the Grey Bruce Highlanders. So smaller organization kind of brought everything together. And then from there, uh, drafted to the OHL, uh, and then been in Guelph ever since. So obviously, uh, you know, it's uh, pretty pretty special. I think uh, what what I was able to do in in playing five years for the same organization, uh, I know it doesn't doesn't happen too often. So definitely a pretty cool experience.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. I know seeing Rick Yates, the owner, or the one of the owners of the Storm, can give you a hug at the end of your at the end of your last game. Like that's a pretty special moment. That's something that that I for sure never had from, <laughs> from any of the owners that I yeah. ever played for. But I think it was just a testament to you and the commitment that you had, obviously, to the organization and, and how much you really gave to the city and, and the team. And it's something you should definitely be really, really proud of. As I'm sure you are. Yeah, it was uh, definitely,
1: you know, a tough, uh, tough moment at the end, I guess, you know, coming off and I think to see him down there and, and obviously the support that, you know he's he's given me over the last five years, and I think the relationship that we've built together. It was uh it was definitely a moment that got me pretty choked up and kind of made things all surreal. I think, you know, over the last year, I've trying to not think about the graduation process and moving on from from OHL. You just kind of want to stay in the moment and and enjoy it as much as you can. But um, yeah, definitely walking down that tunnel,
0: it all just kind of became became real for sure. Yeah, I was I was there too, man. Like, I know my overage year, and we kind of had this chat at the start of the season, I remember, with just, like, just enjoying it and enjoying the process and not thinking about as much as what's next instead of just trying to optimize the moment that you're in and, and do your best and soak it all in. But I remember in my last game too, like, we were, we were in a different spot because like, obviously you guys were battling to, to win a game and, and move on in the playoffs. Like, but the year before, we were out, we were done, and we were playing Owen Sound. And when they had the ceremony at the start of the game, which was so nice of the storm to do, where they had a video of me talking on the, on the Jumbotron, as I'm sure they did the same for, for you this year. And it's like, it kind of hit me then. And then I had a whole game then I had a whole game to play, and I played like awful, but <laughs> it's an interesting it's an interesting feeling like it's for me at least I remember it was like it's tough, but you're also again it might not be an immediate moment, but I knew that I was excited for for what was next like I know I'm sure you playing five years like you'd done everything pretty much that you could have in that league and had. All kinds of good and bad experiences, and and that was, uh, you know, it feels like it's time, but it's still tough to to give it up because it's been such a big part of your life. Yeah,
1: no, definitely. I mean, you think about like being there and playing five years, and uh, uh, you know, like you said, the the ceremony that goes on, or you know, knowing that there would be more games at the Sleeman Center, um, you know, come come playoff time and knowing that we're in playoffs made things a little bit easier. But obviously, uh, you know, it's an emotional time, and, and the video gets played and. You're kind of reminiscing on on, you know, the old times, and and obviously giving giving some thought to that, and you know, wondering could you could you have done anything different, or, or you know, made your experience uh, you know a little better. And and I think one thing that I'm definitely thankful for is that you know I don't think there's too many things that I really could have done, um, or or you know would want to change about my OHL career. I'm you know I'm I'm proud of of everything that's happened, and. And everything that you know, I went through, and I think it's really, really shaped me into you know who I am today. And and you know, I'm obviously uh, you know pretty happy about about being able to grow up in this community and and you know get to know guys uh, in the in the organization and play with a lot of really awesome guys over the course of of five years. So you know, it's definitely one of those experiences that you want to be emotional. And, and, you know, I think that maybe a bigger difference between you last year being the only overager and, and, you know, having that moment to kind of not not be able to maybe share it with, with different teammates just because it was just you, but obviously having, uh, you know, James McEwen and Mark Shoemaker sharing that night too. It was, uh, you know, for, for the three of us, I know we, we kind of caught up after and, and, you know, talked a little bit about that and, and, you know, it was definitely an awesome night and, and one that you know you you you're lucky to share it with three guys um you know and and I think I if I could wish something for you is that there's there's another guy there to kind of share it with and and go through that year with you cuz obviously I think you know being an overager in the OHL is is a tough tough gig but when you're when you're the only guy dealing with that and you know everyone on your team
0: knows that they're going to be back next year it's it's tough to relate to anyone right so yeah dude I I'm there too like I I had that I had that thought throughout the year that Again, just sitting in the pit and being like, I'm the only 20, like, you know, I'm the only 96 year.'s It's like, I'm literally older than every single person. It's interesting. It's an interesting situation because as you're growing up, a lot of the cases, it's like, you're the young guy. And I'm sure you can relate. Like when you go into your 16 year old year and 17 year old year in the show, you're young and then you're old. And it's like, it's like flipping a light switch. It happens so fast that you can't really fathom it. And to be in that position where it's like, now you're the oldest it's it's real it was really it was really interesting but i'm happy you got to share it with with q and i don't know i don't know mark personally but i'm sure that that was uh i'm sure it was great that you guys had that yeah. moment and and as you touched on like just from being able to watch you play and i think you know you said it 100 percent like you you didn't have any regrets. You went through a lot of great times, a lot of adversity and you left it all on the ice. And, and that's a good feeling to walk away from, from the league in, in that situation. Yeah,
1: for sure. I think, you know, just having the opportunity to go out there and, you know, obviously you deal with, you deal with stuff every single year, but um, I don't know, being able to look back and, and be thankful for, you know, what I went through. Obviously, like you said, like there's a lot of adversity, but I mean, that's part of being an athlete and that's, you know, part of competing at the highest level is that you're not, it's not always going to be, you know, sunshine and rainbows. And, and there's a lot of hard times, but that, you know, oftentimes the hardest stuff is is what shapes you and shapes your career. So how you're going to handle those type of things. And I think being able to come out of that and, and like you said, have no regrets, uh, it's, it's definitely, you know, makes, I guess, sitting here right now, not really knowing what's next for me just yet, uh, maybe a little bit easier, you know
0: what I mean? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I know. Going back to your 16-year-old years, you touched on with the some of the adversity you faced, and obviously being a 16-year-old in such an elite team, which Guelph was that year. I'll let you explain it. Just if you could talk about how, what you learned from a positive standpoint, but also the tough times and difficulties that you did go through that season. Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, the biggest thing and, and maybe the the least
1: bit touched on is is obviously the transition moving from home into, you know, a billet house. I think that's definitely one of the toughest things to do in junior. Um, but, you know, once you, you get accustomed to the house and, and your billet, mom and dad, or if you have siblings or anything like that and you get in, in the rhythm of the house, it makes things a lot easier. But I think, you know, packing up all your stuff, uh, for me, it was, you know, a week before my 16th birthday. So when you have a driver's license and, you know, I'm moving out of the house and, um, you know, I know my mom was pretty emotional about that. And, and, you know, I was being excited, but I think being, you know, extremely, extremely naive towards, uh, you know, what, what it really called for being 16 and, you know, kind of having to, to take on the role of what a lot of kids are doing at 18 or 19 years old moving off to university. Um, I guess coming in that year and, and you know, being being a first-round pick and and you go from, you know, you're kind of one of the top dogs on your on your team uh, that you play AAA in, and, and it's, uh, you, you know, you get woken up pretty quick, I think, when you move to that next level. And obviously, you know, you talk about the game being a lot faster and, and guys are always stronger um, each level that you go up um so you know that that transition was definitely tough um i think being being in that first year and and getting to play with some pretty unbelievable talented um and you know really really friendly guys and and guys that made the transition for the young guys a lot easier and you know everyone felt comfortable in that in that dressing room you know once we all got to know each other and once the young guys could you know get put some names to faces and and you know we we definitely had a good group and Um, you know, I think kind of having the guidance around me and, and, you know, coming from coaches and, and, you know, other guys that have played years before me, uh, just kind of telling you just be a sponge and, and soak up everything you can and, and watch certain guys and their habits and stuff like that. Um, you know, definitely made a big difference for me, I'd say just, in, you know, we were a hardworking practicing team and, and obviously with our, our coach, Scott Walker and, and. Bill Stewart and Todd Harvey, you know, that everyone preached uh, work ethic and, and, you know, our practices were intense all the time. And, and a lot of times there was, you know, guys going at it back and forth and <laughs> big hits and stuff like that. It was, you know, some practices could get pretty wild, but, um, you know, these guys were just ultra competitors. And, and, you know, I think that's the reason why we ended up winning the league. And, and, you know, obviously that, that took us making some pretty b- blockbuster trades at, at deadline day, but, um, you know, making it all the way to the Memorial Cup final. I think if you could go in that dressing room and dissect each guy and, and, you know, take, you know, take their, their scale of competitiveness on, on a one to 10, you know, most of the guys are, are, you know, between that eight to 10 range and, and each guy wants to win every single night. And, um, you know, that's kind of what we really, we were able to do. Unfortunately, I guess for me, you know, not speaking in in terms of the team, but, um, you know, as in and out of the lineup, being a young defenseman, I think it's probably, other than a goalie, you know, one of the, the hardest transitions, I'd say, in the league being a defenseman. Uh, you know, so many tips and tricks on, on how to play properly and just move pucks out of the zone. But, you know, it takes a, a good year, maybe even two years, before you're really realizing, you know, the, the plays that have to be made and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I think in my opinion, I transitioned a bit slower than some. Uh, which was definitely disappointing and ended up, you know, watching a lot of hockey from the stands. And, um, you know, it was one of those, those years that definitely changed me, but I had a lot of support around me, uh, like I said, from the guys and the coaches and, you know, for my builds and stuff like that, just kind of stay positive and show up to the rink and just work hard every day. And, you know, there's one thing that I could control and that was, you know, showing up and, and doing what I was told. And, Um, you know I was lucky to to be there and to learn and watch a lot of really awesome hockey and I think it's really shaped the way that you know I want to play and and also you know the way I want to compete every
0: single night. Yeah 100% yeah I think and I I touched on it a little bit in in my last episode with Jeff uh, Schmoge just about the intensity in practices and one thing that's kind of funny is that Robbie Fabry was one of the guys who he mentioned had that really, really high compete and work ethic and Robbie and I would always have battles and practice and along with pretty much the whole team. But it was Robbie one of those guys as well that really kind of carried the torch and having those intense practices and, and who were some of the players who really led the way in that sense?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd say, you know, that's again, like it, it was, it was a mix of just everyone. I'd say Robbie was definitely a 10. I mean like that guy, you know, every day, um, you know, if he's having a bad practice, he would be upset about it and show his emotion, but he, you know, he still worked as hard as he could every single day that he came to the rink. And, um, you know, he, he definitely had a unique, uh, switch that would kind of go on at the right times, uh, you know, for, for basically that whole season, he, you know, just seemed to be that guy that could, could really get things going. And, um, I know he he had a 10 game suspension I think that year and and I think it was one of our worst 10, 10 game stretches of the whole season without him he just brought a a unique um you know energy I think to our team and an ultra competitiveness that you know definitely kept things you know very intense in the dressing room and and like I said he was he wasn't uh, afraid to to voice his displeasure if if guys weren't working or if things weren't going his way and I think Again, like I said, he had a way just to kind of channel that to himself and, and you know, turn it into producing and scoring goals and being a big-time player um, throughout that year. Obviously, I think we had guys like, you know, Kirby Reichel, who, again, that guy, he's a for sure 10 out of 10, uh, you know, competitive-wise. Competitive um, Matt Finn was our, you know, definitely our, our our leader back there, and he made sure that all guys were pretty much accountable. And then, you know, just stemming from there, like, every single guy on on the team just competed and and there was always a friendly competition. And, um, you know, we had basically three first lines and those guys were fighting every single night for, for ice time. And, and, you know, every single night, you know, someone was producing on some line. So, you know, we, we were scoring lots of goals and, and blowing a lot of teams out, but that's just because, you know, we had that, that mix of, of friendly, but, but on each other competition, in the dressing room and, and, you know, fighting
0: for, for more opportunity and stuff like that. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely, it definitely does help. Like I know on some of the teams that I played on and some of the the teams that didn't have as much success, there wasn't that same level of compete in practices compared to the teams I found that, that really did excel and, and make it to the playoffs and have some success in the playoffs. It makes such a huge difference. Just being able to practice being able to practice how, how you do play. The one one thing that I know you and I both share in this sense and as well as a lot of guys in that team is was being a first round pick into the OHL. And I think from my experience it is good and it's in some cases almost bad because it's good because you have that notoriety to go with you, at least for your first year, but it's bad because you have that notoriety Mm -hmm. now you have a lot higher expectations like how did you find that on transitioning in the league with having such high expectations as a 15 year old kid like moving away from home yeah I mean for sure I think you know just being
1: there and, and at the first training camp I just you know I remember a few of the coaches coming out to me and saying you know show us more show us more we know what you're capable of kind of thing but you're trying to get comfortable and, and obviously feel your way through and, and, you know, like you said, transition into OHL hockey and, and get accustomed to the speed and everything like that. I'd say, you know, being a first round pick, it comes, you know, with, with responsibilities and pressures and, and, you know, being a competitor and, and, you know, I think we all have the dream to pursue higher. Um, So, you know, I think what, you know, in times there's, unsuccessfulness to to you know a first round pick I'd say obviously you know to me uh, being a 12th overall pick you think you know you're just here for a pit stop and and like I said you kind of get a stern slap in the face and, and you kind of figure out holy like you know there's some talented guys that that you know weren't first round picks there's guys that you know are, are a lot stronger and a lot faster and, and better hockey players than I am you know even though I'm a first round pick they're maybe a couple years older than me but these guys are going to be seeing, seeing more ice because they're more reliable. And, and, you know, so it's a, you know, it's one of those opportunities where it's, it's, you know, there's good things and bad things, just like you said, I totally agree. And, um, you know, I think one of the, one of the tough things is that as soon as you get taken in the first round, um, all of a sudden you have these maybe unrealistic expectations for yourself. um, And that can definitely, you know, hurt your game i'd say if if if, you know like i said you're you're kind of thinking ahead of of where you are now and and you know to anyone i'd say that that is taken in you know the the upper rounds of of the ohl draft i'd just say live in the moment and and take it day by day and just work hard every single day you know the the reason that you got taken high is because you're a good hockey player and, and nobody can take that away from you but i'd say you know the biggest thing with with maybe guys not panning out successfully is just self-pressure and, and, you know, guys start to doubt themselves a little bit if things aren't going as smoothly as they want and, and that's kind of when your career can take a turn for the worst. So I think just, you know, living, living in the moment and just showing up every single day and just working hard, uh, you know, I, I can't see, a, you know, whatever happens, happens. But, uh, you know, if you show up and work, uh, there's, there's no denying that you're going to be successful
0: in some way, shape or form. Yeah, I was I was there too. I found that once I was drafted as you as you touched on, it's like you think of it as just like, okay, this is my stepping stone. I'm going to be here for like 4 years and then on to what's next. And mm. maybe I'll play a little bit in the AHL and then I can go straight to the show and play 20 years and yeah. live happily ever after. <laughs> it's like dollars and I'll never
1: have to have a worry in my life again.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny, but it's like when you're 15, yeah. And you have so many people that are pumping your tires so much to that point. Like, I'm sure, especially being from a small town, it's like you were probably one of the best, if not the best player to come out of Kincardine, at least within that decade. So it's like you have so many people who are, you know, have that expectation to see you on Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday nights playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know what I mean? It it can get in your head and, and resonate. And if you start to falter off that perceived path, it can bring in even more stress and more anxiety. And and I fell victim to that too. It was like I had six surgeries when I was 15. And it doesn't help that you have that expectation from the organization of being a first round pick and having to perform. But it was like I put the pressure on myself. It's like I wasn't rated to get picked in my people in the draft. And I was like pissed about that. I wasn't happy and and I made some decisions that year that I was trying to like fulfill that Perceived dream that I had for myself originally and it really I think hurt me a little bit in the long run Like if I just right. shut my mouth and worked hard and 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 you know controlled and, and did what I Could <laughs> could control and not try to do too much I would have been in a lot better shape than trying to be like I thought I was gonna be here and, and I'm not So I need to like try to you know, take a shortcut there or whatever it is. It's just like just you know don't get too worried and too consumed about where you are at right now, especially when you're 16, just work hard every day and, and things will work out. Yeah, no,
1: definitely. I think, you know, obviously just, just enjoy your time. Cause it goes by quick. I think, you know, a couple guys that can, you know, vouch for that for sure. Are me and you being, being around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're as much of a five year guy as I am. I think being, like, obviously maybe not playing in your first year, but, um, you know, you're, you're there, you're in the atmosphere and, and, you know it's uh again like back to what you said about just being from a small town like it was you know you kind of feel like you're letting people down if if things don't go as successful and like you know for me I think missing the draft the first time, even though I wasn't really expecting to get drafted um you know after my second year in the league uh, it was definitely disappointing you know I people in radio stations calling me from from the Kigarten area being like you know what what are you expecting and and you know it's tough as a hockey player with dreams to be like well, you know, I'm just kind of watching to see and, and we'll see what happens. And, um, you know, it's definitely a problem that I'm kind of going, it's going full circle again right now because, you know, you're being done and, and, you know, not having a, a future plan as of right now, it's set in stone. It's it's tough because a lot of people are interested in where you're going and, and, and what's next for you after the OHL. But, uh, you know, it's pretty tough to, to give them a straight answer because you don't have one yourself. So, um, you know, you, you want to be successful. And, and I think a lot of people want to see you su- succeed and it's tough. I think not only to see the kind of disappointment, you know, that you don't know exactly where you're going, but I think, you know, it's disappointing to yourself that, that obviously you don't, you don't have a clue and <laughs> you're just kind of h- hoping things out. And, um, you know, again, that, that comes back to just putting a lot of pressure on yourself and you want to be successful and, and you share this dream, but um, you know not all things can work out and, and you just hope for the best and you know like I've you know I can tell it's 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 a bit of a trend that uh, you know the way I'm talking but um, you just kind of go go about your day and go about your business and just work as hard as you can and, and you know whatever happens will happen and and you know if it's if it, you're meant to be successful and be a you know an mm-hmm. NHL hockey player and make a lot of money then you know things
0: are going to happen but you just have to carry yourself the right way yeah, it's it's a trend, but it's a, it's a trend for a good reason, man. Like yeah. I wish that, and I think it's something that needs to be ingrained deeper into into young players' heads. Like to be completely blunt, like it is so easy, and especially if you're playing in the OHL with all the media and everything, it's easy to get wrapped up in things that don't matter and lose lose sight of what's really important. And what's really important is just doing your work every single day, doing your best, and the good things will come. Or whatever is meant to be will come. And, like, again, with you're in my situation, like, I, I didn't have that much of a debate. Like, when my career was over with all my surgeries and that, like, I knew I was going to school. But with you, obviously, again, playing with Laval at the end of the year and getting some pro experience, like, you're a, I'm sure you're in a situation where there is more gray area between what's next. But one thing that Scald's, which was Jared Scald, who was our coach, the 2016 17 season in guelph said to me that really resonated with me and, and i tell to parents now it's like if you can get your education paid for through playing hockey like you've already won like no matter what happens next you're in an amazing situation and, and that's a situation that i was fortunate enough to be in as, as well as you are so it's like whether you go in and play pro or not it's like you're Failure or your backup plan in the o h l especially as being a top pick is a pretty unbelievable it's a pretty unbelievable situation to be in so it just goes to show it's but i know what you mean it's like you finish you finish your career you finish your overage year and then it's like i don't know what's next it's like I was hoping to be on and playing you know have my n h l deal now I may not have it, and then it's like you feel like you may be letting people down but you don't realize in the moment it's like you by playing hockey, maybe you saved your parents so much money through potentially having to pay for your education, or you have the opportunity to go to a great school. Or you had all these amazing life experiences, built all these skills, built all these relationships, which will help you going forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it's you know it's good to think about um, you know the hockey community being so tight, and um, you know I think the, the connections that you can build just from playing a few years in junior, even if it's you know junior C or junior B or you know major junior obviously if you're lucky enough to, to play major junior your connections and in hockey and the people that you get to know and and even the guys that you get to play against and become friends with um you know it's definitely going to help down the road it's tough to you know envision that at 20 21 years old and and you know think about how you know 10 years down the road where are you going to be and, and what's going to be going on and what connections are you going to be you know closer with and and what's going on in your life but um you know, like you said, like having the opportunity to play hockey for five years and come out of there with either a pro opportunity and, and you know, to go off and, and start making some real money playing hockey or to, you know, start going to school and have your school education paid for. And, and you know, basically you've played to get yourself a degree. Um, it's, it's you know, the the OHL definitely sets you up for, you know, to be successful as long as, you know, you're, you're driven and, and you're smart about, you know, where you need to go and, and when when it's the right time to either back off or or you know pursue pursue your dream further.
0: One hundred percent. One thing going back to uh, to the draft, and as you said, you're um, just progressing. Excuse me, progressing through your OHL career, your draft year. Like, how did that how did that unfold for you? Yeah, my
1: my draft year I think was unique, and and you know I, I won't be the first one to say. You know, a lot of times people will make excuses and, and, and do a lot of stuff like that. Um, I missed 10 games due to injury. I broke my jaw uh, around Christmas time, which was a pretty gruesome injury and and one that, you know, was uh, <laughs> definitely hard to deal with. I was wired shut for, for six weeks, ate all my meals out of a straw. I dropped about 25 pounds um, over the course of six weeks. So it was, uh, you know, I wouldn't wish that injury on my worst enemy. It was it was definitely something that I wish I could have really never experienced. Um in terms of of you know my hockey play that year, uh, again we had a pretty strong team and and I kind of found myself on the out, outside looking in in terms of getting power play time and and you know playing some bigger minutes. Um, you know we had some really talented guys Ben Harper who is now you know logging minutes for Ottawa in the in the National League and and Zach Leslie who is a you know, fifty-five point, sixty-point o- overager, um, and you know, obviously signed a contract with Los Angeles, and is now you know playing in Chicago uh, under the Vegas system. So you know, having those two guys in front of me, and, and and obviously trying to you know grind for some minutes and grind for some playing time, it was it was a bit difficult, and I think you know definitely stressful. I think after the first year, when you know I was healthy scratched about forty-five times, you want to get in there and and show people what you're capable of, and um, you know, I had a, a good start to the season. I was pretty impressed with the way I started. And then over the course of the year, I think, you know, just losing a bit of opportunity, maybe having a bad game here or there was affecting, affecting some of my minutes and, and you know, just kind of falling off the central scouting list and then never really getting back on there. Um, you know, for, for a more two-way style defenseman, uh, I only had about 18 points maybe that year. Uh, which just, you know, just wasn't cutting it for for a guy who's playing, you know, almost 60 games that season. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, as much as it was, uh, to me, unsuccessful, just because I didn't get drafted at the end of the year, um, you know, uh, for the first half, it was almost like, you know, the second half of my rookie season, only playing 42 games in my first year. So still relatively, um, you know, under experience and just kind of learning what style of play I wanted to go with. And, um, you know, I think moving on from there, like I said, I'm not gonna sit here and make excuses about being injured because I still had, you know, fifty eight other games that season that that I could have, you know, maybe done a little bit more or, you know, hopefully had had played better. But uh, you know, that's just the way things go sometimes and, and obviously, you know, the NHL draft can't work out for everyone and and you know, I think once you, you get to this level you realize like there's a lot of guys that go through the league that are either undrafted or or they have to wait a little bit longer to get drafted. And, you know, there's, there's always on each team, more guys that aren't drafted than there are guys that are. And, you know, you kind of, as a, as a young kid, you just thought every single guy in the OHL pretty much is going to get drafted the next level. And just, it just kind of works like that, but it can't be the future for everyone. So, um, you know, I think moving on and and into that, um, you know, it's a, a good experience. I think just being eligible for, for the season after that too. And, Um, you know, to me, I think I had, you know, probably one of my best years, uh, in my third year, but obviously, you know, the team was was dead last and I think we only won 13 games. So it was one of those tough seasons where, you know, do you pick a kid, uh, you know, that, that has put up some numbers on a, on a deadbeat team? I don't know, because I think what you want is, is someone who, you know, has had a successful year and so has the team. And, um, unfortunately, uh. You know, that's the way things go in junior hockey, right? The rebuild process. And, um, you know, that was kind of definitely a tough year. But, you know, uh, like I said, like the NHL draft can't work out for everyone. And, and, you know, one of the cool things about it not working out is that now as an overager, you're playing for 31 teams and, and you got 31 teams looking at you. So, it, it you know, instead of having just one maybe contemplating signing you, now there's 31. Now there's 31 that are, you know, if you're playing well enough, they're all contemplating it. And, you know, hopefully that betters your opportunity.
0: Yeah, 100%. I, I was just thinking about going back to your jaw injury. I know from a couple other guys who have had that as well, like that is one of the toughest things to get through. And I can't even imagine the mental grind of just seeing losing 25 pounds, knowing how hard it is and how hard you work to put on all that weight and get ready for that draft year. And then to have something like that happen, it must have been, um mentally that must have been extremely difficult but again looking at some of the again you're really humble like I know looking at some of the achievements you had through your career like obviously as you said the draft didn't work out but I know you're fortunate to play as you said in uh in your 18 year old year as well as 19 year old year for team OHL in the Canada Russia series and attend the Philadelphia Flyers camp I think if you could just chat about that a little bit. I think to be awesome.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, obviously the, the, the two games that I was able to play with uh, Team OHL was a pretty cool experience. I think you get to meet a lot of guys that, you know, you never really had a conversation with and you've played against for a long time. And, um, you know, you kind of get to be on, on their team and see the way that they play just from a different perspective. And I think especially as a defenseman, it's, a, it's kind of a cool way to, to learn what guys' habits are. You see them, you know, coming down on you all the time. But when when you're watching them from behind and watching forwards make plays that are all happening, you know, in the opposite direction than you're used to, and and you know they're they're trying to find holes and and do stuff like that, it, it definitely, you know, as you're watching, you're you're kind of studying these guys just so that it makes it a little bit easier the next time you meet them in a in a you know regular season OHL game. So it was definitely a cool experience. You got to play with with and against a lot of really talented hockey players. Obviously, the Russian team coming over was you know, it's, it's, you get the chills kind of thinking about, you know, potentially, obviously it's, it's one of the first stages, but, but, you know, going to world juniors and, and, you know, even having a sniff at that, it was, uh you know, pretty, pretty, pretty awesome experience. And one that I'm really thankful to not only have done once and, and, you know, but to do it twice and, and have one of those games be played in Owen Sound, which is pretty close to my hometown. It was definitely, uh, definitely a cool experience. I think in terms of, you know, going to Philadelphia and getting the first taste of, of NHL camp and, you know, hitting a development camp first, uh, it, it you know, it's cool. You get, again, you get to see a lot of players that you've never been able to be on the ice with, uh, skate around with them and, and, you know, meet meet guys from different countries and, and kind of get their background story and, and what has gotten them to this point. Um, obviously, going back for main camp was, was pretty unbelievable. Um, Philly at that time was, was still missing a few guys. Uh due to the world cup being on. So, um, you know, the last couple of days I was there guys like Shane Spear, and Sean Couturier and, um, uh, Jakob Voracek, uh, were starting to, starting to come, uh, back and, and, you know, it's pretty cool to definitely see those guys and, and how hard they work and how skilled and just, you know, awesome hockey players there. And, you know, you kind of try again to, to be a sponge there and just pick up as much as you can and, um, you know, if you can have a conversation with, with anyone at any point, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of beneficial stuff, um, that you can learn. And, you know, you, you try not to be, you know, too shy with, with some guys. And, you know, if you have a question or something like that, while drills are going on, it was, it was pretty cool to, you know, turn to Michael Delzato and be like, you know, what, what am I doing here in this drill and have him explain it to you. So, I mean, it's, it's a, it's an experience, I guess, like no other, you watch these guys on TV growing up and, all of a sudden you're out there practicing with them and, um, you know, it was uh, definitely a really, really awesome experience. And, you know, it's one that you just hope to to get another chance and and to come back, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, the one thing that I noticed throughout my career is that those unique experiences, like for me it was I didn't play for Team Shaw, but getting play in the top prospects game and, and getting to go to the San Jose Sharks camp twice. Like those are the things that you remember the most. And it's almost funny because it's like you go through a sixty eight game season and I feel like my vivid I can vivid excuse me vividly recall like that entire experience I had at the top prospects game and then it's like 68 games it's like man like how did how did I play like 68 68 Mm -hmm. or with playoffs like 75 other games but it's it's pretty interesting I know for me as well like getting to work with guys like getting Nabokov and and Johan Hedberg as goalie coaches in San Jose and and seeing their approach in the game you you learn so much and and it's, uh, it's a fantastic opportunity for, for all OHL guys and, and junior guys and, you know, players from all around the world who are fortunate enough to to attend. Yeah, no, definitely. One, uh, it's a cool experience for sure. Yeah. So you you were, rightfully so, the captain of Guelph for, it was two years, right? It was 19 and over a year, I believe. Yeah, two years. Were you, okay, yeah, and you were an assistant the, the year before. That's right, I'm just recalling how I'm, um, how did you find? How did you find that whole experience? And and really, what what else came with it? Did you find that there was more pressure? Or obviously, there's more responsibility. But like, how did it affect your play on the ice? And, and what did you learn from it as a whole? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, to me, like,
1: uh, especially in the OHL, I, I wouldn't say that it comes with uh, more pressure on the ice. I mean, a lot of times, you know, guys that that are named captain, um, you know, you're usually more experienced, and by that time, you've kind of figured out figured out your game and and you know it's one of those things that you can definitely you know put on the side focus and um you know for me i think it was just going out there and and again going back to it but just kind of working hard and and, you know the biggest thing for me was leading by example and you know that was one thing that you know i knew was easy and i knew i was going to bring every single day Um, in terms of just more responsibility i'd say you know definitely for sure everything you know everything that's going on at the rink falls on your shoulders you know if things are going wrong then then you know you're taking a lot of heat and you know the coaches kind of want to get an insight onto what is what is the mood of the dressing room all the time and, and you know you can't blame them and I think as a captain it's important to always have a gauge for what is going on in the dressing room and, and you know the attitudes of you know each and every individual uh, it can be a little bit overwhelming I think when you're you know trying to stay in touch with you know 23 or 24 other guys and and you know deal with coaches and stuff like that um the biggest thing i notice is is stuff away from the rink and and just kind of being responsible for for a lot of stuff that goes on you know outside of the rink um you know because we're teenagers and and guys are going to make mistakes and stuff happens that you know needs to be talked about and discussed and uh you know obviously there's there's you know i'm sure a lot of stories that that any captain could tell about stuff that goes on away from the rink and um I think just kind of keeping guys accountable and making sure that they're well aware that, you know, if they're going to be getting in trouble, then, you know, they're not the only ones. A lot of the guys are going to be taking the heat for, for what's going on in, in terms of the leadership group and stuff like that. So it's, uh you know, if you can get in and, and be a captain of a, a team that kind of understands that. And as long as, you know, they have a respect for the leadership group and makes, makes your job a lot easier, but obviously, you know, like I said, guys make mistakes and, and stuff happens and, um you know there's there's always going to be you know people getting in disagreements and that's just kind of the the competitive nature and and just part of you know being in in that team atmosphere things can't always be perfect and and if they were it would you know it would just be almost a little bit weird that that stuff isn't going down and um you just kind of have to be able to like i said gauge uh gauge the mood of each guy and just make sure that you know, the team's running efficiently. It's just, it's one of those responsibilities. And, and, you know, I think compared to my first year as a captain, even as an assistant captain, um, you know, towards this year, this year was just a lot, a lot easier. You kind of know how to handle stuff and how to talk to guys and how to get the most out of guys. And, um, you know, that comes with, I'd say, comfortability with yourself and and your leadership style and just kind of the way you want to pursue, you know, making
0: sure everyone's on the same page. Yeah, I know it's, (laughs) i'm sure i can imagine just the balance between the and something that again with being the only overager in guelph last year that i was in one of the leadership roles as well and having to deal with and just thinking back of of a couple things that that happened that we won't talk about (laughs) i know that happened (laughs) (laughs) that happened with uh with with every single team for sure but um (laughs) but i remember it's like it's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic because you're like you have to be that guy that's like for the boys and and for the team and but you also have to make sure and you're abiding by what the coach yeah. and what his vision really is and and I'm sure that can be the most difficult part because obviously you want to put the guys first, but you have to uh you have you to, have be to that sure. voice of reason yeah.
1: and as long you kind of keep you know both sides happy then usually things tend to run smoothly, but I <laughs> can't always be the case, but i mean uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. one of those things, right? Like it's teenagers, right? It's uh, you can't be perfect, and
0: makes things interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, a lot of young guys they make mistakes, as we talked about when we were young, <laughs> 16 to 17 yeah, yeah. years old. <laughs> we know we made mistakes too, but yeah. yeah, I think I think we were pretty good. One uh, one other thing that obviously, for I'm sure a lot of people who know you and and know Guelph and and the you know the OHL, to be quite frank, is the McFadden's movement that you created and, and obviously being a captain, you exemplify great leadership and aspect in that aspect. But from this initiative that you created, this is something that I have honestly, like something that has inspired me in different ways and, and was great for me to see somebody, a player, one of my colleagues take this initiative outside of hockey and and something that wasn't, typical especially it's in the hockey culture i'm sure as you know it can be hard to kind of stray off that stray off that path that everybody heads down and doing anything outside of like you know being a hockey guy can be easily easily ridiculed or made fun of or easily kind of separate you from the group in some different aspects but anyways we'll chat about that in a bit i just i'd love to hear for those who may not know about mcfadden's movement what it is what your motivation was behind it and and where it's Where it's come in the last couple years? Yeah, so uh,
1: I started. uh, We kind of had our jump start. Uh, It was August of two thousand six, two thousand seventeen. I want to say it's it's about. We've been going for about two years now. Uh, Yeah, sixteen. Yeah, sixteen. Yeah. So basically, I mean, for me, uh, always being involved in in community stuff, and that's, I think, one of the the things that the Guelph Storm does, I'd say, almost better than anyone else in the OHL, is their community relations and and all the different events that we get to go do are are top-notch. I think, you know, at that point, I I realized I kind of, you know, had a a good relationship with with everyone in the community and and a lot of the Storm fans, and I felt comfortable, I think, kind of wanting to branch off and, and start something that you know, I wanted to, to promote a message. And, um, I think, you know, being a, a young kid, uh, you know, when I was in grade nine, I uh, lost a family friend to suicide, uh, Wes Cameron. He was a Grey Bruce Highlander. Um, his parents owned the funeral home in Walkerton and my parents owned the funeral home in uh, in Kincartan. So, you know, we, we were well aware of each other and, and, you know, close family friends. And my sister was actually, uh, dating Wes's older brother, Wendell, uh, at the time that he died by suicide, so it was definitely a uh, uh, you know an experience that was extremely raw and one that you know became uh, something that impacted me largely. And uh, you know, I think for a community and and you know coming from small towns, uh, we kind of branched together, and um, it became something that was really important to everyone around there. Um, and when I realized I kind of you know had this this, I guess ability to to share and and you know kind of promote something that Definitely needs to be talked about more and more and um, you know Obviously with with mental health becoming more prominent and more people are coming out and talking about it um, you know, it still really hasn't Reached its full potential at all. So, um, I think me having the opportunity to kind of you know Share my story and what I had gone through not only with with the loss of west, but also, you know my own career struggles and and just kind of be You know, that voice to show kids that, you know, even though we're playing in the OHL and living this lavish lifestyle that, you know, thousands of people are coming to watch us play, um, it's a a lot for, you know, 16-year-old kid and, and, you know, through 20s, it's it's a tough age where you're really growing and maturing, and and at the same time, you're kind of being treated like a piece of meat to be going out there and, and, you know, performing your best every single night, and if you're not, you know, you're dealing with, with a lot of, you know, after uh, you know backlash and, and stuff like that not only from coaches but agents and parents and and you know people are wondering why you're not being successful or why things aren't going properly or how they should be so um i think you know having the opportunity to go and share my story um i've talked with about 20 different minor hockey teams now probably five or six different schools uh we're kind of getting into more of that again uh, now that that uh, the season's over and I have a chance to kind of relax. And so we have a few talks next week, but basically just kind of promoting that. And and uh, we've been raising money uh, with different events. We did the 50-50 at the Sherwin-Williams Top Prospects game. We've done a uh, road hockey tournament. Um, we've done all, all sorts of different stuff. Uh, we have our second annual road hockey tournament coming up on June 16th. Uh, but to this point, uh, we've raised just over $26,000. Uh, to donate back towards mental health resources uh, last year we donated a check for six thousand dollars at the end of the season and this year we donated one for twenty thousand dollars so just it's grown a lot more than than I could have really ever expected and it's uh, it's definitely been pretty cool to see all the support and and you know so many people are, are obviously getting on board not only just in the community but but you know like you kind of mentioned teammates and, and having you on and, and a bunch of other different guys you ambassadors to kind of promote um you know where where we're going with that and promote people to come out and and be open about what they're they're dealing with and um you know to kind of shine some spotlight on kids who are either struggling or you know are kind of trying to do the same thing in terms of, of
0: promoting uh you know good mental health man it's it's phenomenal like i have to say like it's it's been something that resonated with me on on a service level and on a personal personal level, like with my journey through my OHL career, as I'm sure so many other guys have, it's it's interesting because it's so easy to be glorified by the public in different ways when you're playing in front of 5,000 people every night and you have this persona to you, at least like you have this image towards you that it's like when you, like if you're in high school too, it's you, you have that image of being a player, but, There's so much stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people really don't know about. And it makes the job so much, so much more difficult in a lot of cases. It can make the job become depressing in different ways or become um, where you're very anxious every single day when you're going into a game because you know how much is on the line. Like it's so easy. It's so easy to suffer from different mental health related illnesses while being a peak performing athlete and and i know that with me like things that i went through through my career through the tough times and through the ups and downs through the surgeries i had and through getting benched and getting reamed out from coaches like i think it's i think what you're doing is really having a deeper impact on on a lot of people who potentially aren't You know, you wouldn't, from an outsider looking in, potentially wouldn't think that it would have that much of an impact. Like guys who do play in the league, or guys that, um, whatever it may be, really successful people are like, wow, like this is fact has affected me personally, and and the fact that you have done what you've done to start that initiative and seen how many guys have really jumped on board to, to help and support you, as I have. I think it's just a testament of two things of an, a, such an amazing job that you've done as well as how much of a need there really is for somebody to step up and, and do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's uh again, it's one of those things that, you know, it, it needs to be talked about more and more. And obviously people, you know, are coming out and talking and, and starting new initiatives. But I think, uh, you know, having a unique platform, I think being a junior hockey player and being someone that, you know, a lot of young kids can relate to uh, makes it that much easier for these kids just to have the the courage to, you know, speak up and say maybe they aren't, you know, feeling their greatest or maybe they've been, you know, in a bit of a personality slump. So it's one of those things that, I'm, you know, I'm obviously pretty proud to have my name on. And, and, you know, I've had so much help from so many different people, obviously. You know, you know how much Steph Karate is, has helped out, not only me, but, but a lot of guys in, in terms of, you know, just being there and, and you know, being someone who makes our our lives a lot easier in terms of getting out there in the public and and you know get giving us a, definitely a better rep, but um, you know in in terms of just the support that I've gotten not only from Storm fans and, and from people in the city of Guelph, but I think you know across across the hockey community, it's uh, it's definitely been been pretty pretty eye opening for me and and you know definitely something that I'm you know extremely proud of.
0: Yes, as you mentioned, like. Steph has been amazing. I know from from my overage year as well, just how much she really helped from all the initiatives that we were a part of, from going to elementary schools and and speaking to the different dinners and events and obviously McFadden's movement being there every step of the way. I think that she really deserves a lot of credit for helping, helping accelerate your, you know, the MM27 initiative. One thing that obviously you're Recognized from a league-wide standpoint receiving the OHL humanitarian of the year award How was uh how was that moment and and if you can just take us through that that process?
1: Yeah, again, I mean obviously it's uh, you know, it's a uh, it's an award that not only you know Means I think a lot um, in terms of me and the people that have helped me and like I said, I it's tough to, to take credit for an award that you know, you've had so much help to, to start an initiative and so much, so many people kind of backing you up. Um, you know, obviously just kind of me showing up and, and, and just kind of, I guess, being the face of it all and, and putting my name on it has, you know, just been an awesome opportunity for me. Um, in terms of, I'd say, you know, that day and receiving that award, obviously growing up in, you know, close to Owen Sound and watching games in Owen Sound, I knew, you know, Dan Schneider and knew. You know about how how good of a hockey player and person and leader he was uh just kind of in in that community and where where he he was in in his career so um you know having your name i guess instilled on on one of those awards i think for the rest of your life is is obviously a pretty pretty
0: unbelievable uh i guess momentum for me of course for sure when um so I'm, I'm curious to see I know you mentioned the the road hockey tournament which I was at last year as well as a ton of guys in the storm current and former players as well as some different guys from around the league like it was a blast like we had a lot of fun I know just getting together with the guys but it seemed like everybody there really loved it like when is when is that coming up this summer and, and are there any other events for McFadden's movement in the near future.
1: Yeah, as of right now, all we really have on the go is is uh, our road hockey tournament, which is coming up on uh, June nineteenth. Uh, it's a Saturday, kind of middle of June. So I think we usually kick things off around nine o'clock. All our all our uh, info on that is on our Twitter. We have Twitter, Instagram. Um, we have a website. We have Facebook. We have you know we're all over social media. So if you just search up um, McFadden's Movement, it won't be too hard to find. Um, so we have all, all our registration forms and, and the rules and stuff like and more details um, in terms of of what's going down for the road hockey tournament but um, it's at centennial high school in the parking lot like you said last year was pretty fun and and a lot of the guys are coming back again this year so it's a it's a pretty exciting opportunity just to be there and, and play road hockey if you love road hockey and if you love the storm there's always you know a bunch of guys kicking around so it's uh it's gonna be a pretty pretty awesome, uh pretty awesome day for sure, and then we hope to definitely grow uh, on last year-
0: fantastic I know I know i'm going to be there again this year and I'm looking forward to a fun time but getting um getting back a little bit into your into your hockey career and your and your hockey path as we touched on earlier in the episode with you being at that in that space where you're at the end of your OHL career and and you're deciding between continuing and, and playing pro and, and going to school. And I know you had the opportunity to play some games with the Laval Rockets, which I believe is the Montreal Canadiens AHL team at the end of the season. How did how did you find that process was and getting to play games on on a bigger stage against like grown men who are, you know, doing that Doing that for a living and so much bigger and stronger, I'm sure than what the guys that are in the OHL. Yeah, it
1: was definitely a unique transition. I think you know the biggest thing, uh, you know, getting there and getting that first practice under my belt. The guys zip the puck around, and and you know, if, if a guy's having a bad practice, it's it's you know even more blatantly obvious just because everyone's pretty dialed in, uh, you know, when you're there, and and you know, it's not often that guys are making mistakes in practice, let alone in the game. So it was uh, definitely a cool experience and. You know the guys are a lot stronger and a lot quicker and i think the biggest the biggest transition piece that i noticed in the four four games that i was there is you just can't take a shift off and and you know guys are on you all the time and um you know it's it's a transition that you want to have to make because you know you're you're up in that next level but um you know it's definitely definitely a lot uh pretty grueling i think it would be you know, it'd be uh you have to make sure that you're in really good shape all year round to make it through a, a seventy two game season and, and you know, still have the, the energy to really give her for playoffs. So, um, you know, it keeps uh keeps things in perspective and, and definitely for me I think a cool experience just to get a few games and, and kinda get in touch with, with what their lifestyle is like and, and what a day by day life looks like for those guys, uh, you know, in terms of transitioning for next year and, and hopefully, you know, being being there for time and then getting a chance to, you know, play a full season in the NHL next season.
0: That'd be amazing, dude. I know I'm, I'll be wishing you the best. If, if that's the path that you decide to go down and I'm sure you'll have a lot of success. And, and as we touched on earlier, like, I know that second, the second option, obviously, if you do decide to go and, and play at school, it, like you're gonna have a lot of fun, number number one. Mm-hmm. But um number two, like it's people don't realize that it is a good balance as well. Like you're gonna be in a good spot to be able to continue playing hockey and, and having fun while while getting an education and, and no matter what, it's it's pretty much it's pretty much all good. And and I think that's something for the young guys in the ohl the guys who we talked about who are potentially the high picks and have a lot of pressure on them as 16 and 17 year old kids to to realize that like no matter what happens like if you get if you have a career-ending injury tomorrow you still have a plan that is solid like your your life is not over like even yeah. if your hockey ends it's like whatever is next it's still good and and talking from my own experience like honestly with some of the things that I learned in the OHL, I found that I've enjoyed my time. This is me personally. I'm sure more guys are not like this, but I've enjoyed my time more at university this year than what I I did playing in the OHL. And I think it's just because I I put so much, I had so much stress with, you know, perceived and, and had that with my game in the OHL that it to to make the game really fun and really enjoy it and even in school like I I've worked really hard and have a ton of other things on the go and I'm still putting in like way more hours than what I did in the OHL but I've found that just having that different mindset and just making it making it fun is has really helped and, and I think that's one thing too it's like for young for younger kids like in their transition with if you work hard and you have a smile on your face, that's pretty much all you can ask for, right? And I think it's the same thing for for everybody who's playing hockey, like as well as you know guys like you and me. I'm retired now, but oh, if you if you have a smile on your face and you're doing your best, like that's pretty much that's pretty much all you can ask for.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think yeah, just going back and taking things lighter and, and, you know, obviously enjoying your time. I wouldn't say that, you know, anyone goes through it and and doesn't enjoy their time, but it just, you know, depends how much pressure and, and, you know, how much, uh, you know, you're feeling, I guess, the pressures of of playing in the OHL and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think to me, uh, I'm interested in, in, you know, I'm ready to move on. I think being in the OHL for five years, it's, you know, it's it's time for change. and, And, you know, I'm really excited about what the future holds.
0: For sure. For sure. I'm excited for you too, man. I think no matter what happens, it'll it'll be good. And going, going off that point, I'm just thinking, like, what... Do you have any advice specifically for for younger kids that are working their way up the ranks through through minor hockey and potentially guys who are younger and junior, just really anybody for that matter from a hockey... Who is a hockey player with things, different things that you learned and picked up through your career, which you'd like to share too to that younger generation?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I'd say the biggest thing probably came from my parents and that's, you know, as soon as hockey stops being fun, then that's, you know, the day that you should stop playing because, you know, at the end of the day, um, a a lot of times, you know, through minor hockey, you're, you're extremely passionate and, and, you know, your, your, your dreams are oftentimes, you know, so blown out of proportion, like we kind of touched on earlier. Uh, you know, maybe playing in the NHL by the time you're 18 years old, being the first overall pick to the NHL draft and stuff like that. Um, to me, I think just, you know, making sure that you're enjoying yourself at the rink every single day and, and you have a smile and, uh, you know, as long as, as you can genuinely say that you're having fun and, and, you know, even even if things aren't going your way, if you can go to the rink and, and that's, you know, that special release, you still get that and you still have that passion for hockey, then, you know that's the, the the one thing that you should just chase is chase that passion and and any time that you feel it going away or or you know you become un, unpassionate about hockey it's it maybe you know time to to back off a little bit and and you know kind of realize and, and think hey what am i doing here but Um, you know, oftentimes, uh, you know, and it's very similar to, to a lot of guys, everyone's pretty passionate about hockey and, and really loves it. But I think, you know, forcing yourself into that and and maybe, maybe losing touch with, with the fun side of it, uh, you know, can definitely hurt sometimes. And as long as you love what you're doing every single day, then, you know, there's, there's no better
0: piece of advice that I can give to anyone. You know what I mean? hundred (laughs) percent. I was there too. Like I found throughout my career, when when I was having, it's a, it's almost funny how it works too. And the more fun you're having, it's usually the better you're gonna end up playing. I find when you have a positive aspect towards being at the rink and and putting in the work and getting prepared for games, and you're excited and you're happy, you're more likely to play well. And it, it works the other way as well. Like the better you play, the happier you're gonna be. But I think in a lot of cases, people who are can become negative. Sport as I became in different times throughout my which career it, it does hurt your performance and and the same happens with when you're Happy and you're positive and you're going through some good times and you have a better outlook on it You usually end up playing better, too. Yeah, no, absolutely Well fads, thank you so much buddy for for coming on I think everybody listening has found this extremely insightful and, and learned a lot. I really appreciate it, man
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. Thanks for having me on and and you know, I know you've uh, said a lot of great things about me, but um, I think for you just, you know, being able to listen to some of this stuff and, and obviously, um, you know, you're a pretty insightful guy. So it's, uh, for, for anyone I think who's listening, who's, you know, maybe in these, in these stages that we're kind of talking about, it's, it's pretty good advice going on here. So, um, you can pay attention and, and, you know, if there's anything that I could wish is that, you know, I could have listened to one of these and listened to some stories and, and really taking it seriously and kind of knowing what I was getting, getting myself into and, you know, have a kind of better idea on how to handle myself, maybe, in my younger days my career would have made things a little bit easier so keep up the good work and and you know we'll all be listening
0: thank you buddy thank you man we'll be in touch yeah sounds good thank you so much for listening guys i really hope you did enjoy this episode i know garrett and i had a lot of fun making it reminiscing on some of our favorite memories from back in the day of our ohl career as well as just some advice for young hockey players moving forward If you'd like to stay in touch with Garrett and follow his journey, make sure to give him a follow on Instagram and Twitter at gmcfadden27. And obviously with McFadden's Movement, you can find them on social at McFadden's Movement, also online at mcfaddensmovement.com. If you are in the Guelph or surrounding areas, make sure to give them a shout and hopefully attend the road hockey tournament on June 16th, on Saturday, June 16th, this summer. It's going to be a phenomenal experience for everybody who goes. I know all the players and everybody there last year had a great time and, and we're expecting to, and I know Garrett as well as everybody there is expecting to make the event even bigger and hopefully more fun next year. So make sure you don't miss that. Thank you guys for listening. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, please feel free to reach out to me. The best place to reach me is at my Facebook page at the Liam Herb Show. Also, feel free to drop me a line on Instagram or on Twitter. I'll, drop, I'll provide all the links for all the accounts and pages I just said below. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll see you next time.